Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan, and this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking with a special guest, Matt B., about the 2005 film Reefer Madness, the musical. And because Matt is our uh, musical guy, this was a good choice. <laughs> yep. Well, it kind of worked out really well that it was the last of like the old ones on the old list. And then 420 was coming up and I had time free. So I was just like, hey, you should combine all these things into one. Yeah, uh, and we're sorry we didn't get it out last week, but life, as you know, <laughs> finds a way. I knew yeah, we were going to record a podcast and then we got high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we dive too deep into this, let's talk about some news. And I want your opinion, guys, because I know you've seen it. Uh, thoughts on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial? So I know we're not supposed to say it, but just the things that have come out since then are kind of hilarious, or at least the <laughs> memes I've been seeing. <laughs> I don't know what to call it when something's both tragic and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, it's like this big ball of toxicity, but it's also like I can't stop watching. Yeah, my wife is obsessed. Uh, she goes the other day, she's like, the trial's on from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and uh, they take lunch at 12, and I'm watching it all day at work. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, honey. Um, I guess it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Some of the stuff I see on there when she's, or here when she's listening is outrageous. That's hearsay. Yeah, that's hearsay. <laughs> that's hearsay. <laughs> um. I don't know who I don't really know who to believe. I think they're both too rich to really care and they're just throwing money down the drain now. Um, but I am on I don't know. I'm I like Amber, so I would not like her to poop in my bed though. <laughs> <laughs> well I would, so how about that? <laughs> um Yeah, and what else have I done in the last two weeks? I started Finally watching Hawkeye Ooh. to get ready for Doctor Strange. Very nice. That was good. I did finally watch Spider-Man. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, good. Uh, so, it was also, okay. Also, also, you shut your mouth. But um, also <laughs> required viewing for Doctor Strange, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why I watched it. Because I was like, this come this is like a direct thing. Doctor Strange is like directly from Spider Man issues. So um no, you know how I feel about long movies and I it was eh, I think some time could have been chopped off, but it was okay for, for what it was. <laughs> I mean, drastic understatement that it is. Glad you liked it. Yeah. I just rewatched Endgame again this weekend and I know that that's almost three and a half hours, but that movie does not feel like it. And when that movie makes you cry like five times, I don't know. That is the pinnacle of movie making for me. It is hard to compete with that. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's all I've been up to. I ended up watching The Northman uh, in theaters, which is Ooh. probably the best way to watch it. And I enjoyed it. I think I posted in the Discord that I think Regan would enjoy it. But yeah, there's a couple animals that get killed in it, so I don't yeah. think you would enjoy it. <laughs> no, I, I definitely would not. I did see a trailer for it when we went to see... Uh, I think when I went to see Everything Everywhere, there was a trailer for it. And I thought to myself, wow, this is really awesome for people that like that genre. Yeah, it it's a really history cool. nerd movie. Like... The detail is incredible. I went with two history nerds, and one of them was like, hey, did you notice that that one woman on a horse was wearing the exact same outfit as the burial site from Burka, which was <laughs> a Norse burial site? They were wearing the full outfit of the person buried at that burial site. 
See, I, it's that attention to detail that works. Yeah, the I heard on a medieval podcast I listened to that the Northman's probably the most historically ac- accurate Viking movie ever made because the bar is so low you could trip over it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm really pumped to see that. I'm hoping maybe this weekend I'll get around to the theater because I am very pumped for that. Nice. Um. All right. Uh, I think that's it for news and fun stuff and other things that have happened. Um. With that said, let's say. Did you guys celebrate four twenty? <laughs> no. And not just because my last job was a uh, substance use disorder counselor. Uh, I actually stopped that or finished that job last month to start my new job but i just i'm not really big into the weed culture so uh. fair enough i i did <laughs> um, I, I was about to say i'm also not too big into weed culture but i mean yeah no and that uh yeah i did too as well <laughs> and uh, you know how it felt it felt like i went mad <laughs> And uh, how many people is... died? <laughs> all, all of them. <laughs> it's just me here right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a fever dream. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great segue to uh, the tagline for this, which I don't have, and really hoping Regan has up on his computer. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. So. Um, The IMDb description of this is an an outrageous tongue-in-cheek musical comedy adaptation of the classic anti-marijuana propaganda film Reefer Madness from 1936. All right, and now we're going to hand it over to Matt about the 1936 version. Okay, so the 1936 version was originally a a movie called Tell Your Children. Um, It was funded by a group of uh, churchgoers. They basically wanted to make this anti-marijuana PSA. So they, you know, gathered money from the community and, you know, very low budget because that's how it was funded. It wasn't like a big studio production. A lot of people thought it was like a government production that like it was a government made PSA, but no, it was just a bunch of people in a church or a network of churches decided to make this movie. Um, But then a few years later, what made it get big was the rights were bought by this uh, director who makes exploitation films. And he chopped in all these like sultry, like sexy scenes and violent scenes and then re-released it as reefer madness, which was supposed to be like this shock movie. Um, so that was the original 1936 one. It uh, got a real big cult following from stoners who are like, this is ridiculous. Like marijuana does not drive you to laugh uncontrollably. Um, it's not as dangerous as like heroin and cocaine, which they lump it in with. Um, and so it just got this really big cult following Um uh, yeah, it, it yeah. was uh, the laughing hysterically <laughs> part. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you do laugh hysterically, but definitely <laughs> not like you're on meth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not without reason. Yeah. What what got me was the whole like they when they were smoking weed, some of the people I felt like they were acting kind of like chipmunks, you know, like holding an acorn <laughs> with both hands, you know, just like puffing away on a on a joint. <laughs> You can say Kristen Bell. It's, we all know it's Kristen. Yeah, it was it was Kristen Bell. <laughs> but also that uh, quote unquote college student too, like in the very beginning of the movie, yeah, was just laughing hysterically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Kristen Bell, let's go through the cast real quick because I absolutely love this cast. Oh, like yeah. I love it. I love it so much that it's probably my favorite part of the movie is like all the cast. Um, so Kristen Bell plays the the girlfriend. Yep. Um, Anna Gasteyer plays the like house 
she owns the house where everybody's like going to do the do the marijuana. Yeah, May, which the the singing yeah. chops on Anna Gasteyer, I never realized because you know I'm used to SNL. Yeah, or, like the many '90s movies of SNL characters that failed. <laughs> yeah, she was actually on I think the second or third season of Mass Singer, and it blew me away when I found out it was actually her singing. I was like, holy cow. I never knew that. So then seeing her actually sing in this was like, man, I wish I had seen this back in 2005. Now hear me out. Doesn't she look oddly close enough to Catherine Hahn? If you like squint yes. your eyes and yes. put your hand in front of your face, like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because I had that um, same reaction. I was like, oh, Catherine Hunt can sing. Look at that. And then like halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't think that's who I think it is. <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> um, Nev Campbell makes an appearance during a soda pop song or soda shop song-ish. I, I did appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere, but she was like, I guess... Um, this was she was pretty big in 2005 so i mean she kind of does that sometimes where like i was just minding my own business watching mad men one day and like <laughs> she happened to be on like two episodes yeah randomly. well the re- yeah i was gonna say this for the trivia thing but mini trivia thing is the reason she's in this is one her brother is the star christian campbell and then one of the writers of the movie worked on Party of Five, and I believe one of the other actors in the movie was also from Party of Five. Okay. Yeah. So she was like, they they carved a role out for her once they realized we could get Nev Campbell into this for 10 minutes. We can then throw that onto the poster and people will go to see a Nev Campbell movie. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that she had like top, like was one of the top build people in it and then uh, she was only in it for like 10 minutes but i've seen worse movies with that so that's fine um i know Kristen bell was coming off veronica mars yep um so she was pretty big uh what about what is the the guy that brings uh Steven Jimmy? Weber. yeah yeah steven <laughs> weber off of wings um, yes wings <laughs> thank you yeah. <laughs> I can actually never place where I know that guy from. I just know him from several different TV shows. But I was both surprised and delighted to see him in this one. Yeah. Um, and then I had the girl Sally, who like almost kills her baby and sells it. Like, <laughs> like I was that threw me off a little bit. But <laughs> um, I had to look her up because I really thought she was somebody that I knew, but she literally has only been in like one or two yeah. episodes of like 15 different things yeah she does have a face like you should be able to recognize her even though she like you said isn't really in a ton of things yeah um i was also happy to see alan coming too yes i'm always happy uh, to see alan coming in any movie yeah even absolutely. if it is an x-men movie <laughs> listen wait was he nightcrawler yes he was, he night- was. oh dude that was great <laughs> uh he, him and Brendan Fraser are two national treasures that just need to be uh, put on a pedestal and allowed to do anything they want. I'll endorse that. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that Alan Cumming like, plays roles that are so outside the box and crazy. Like We've watched a lot of movies with him. We did um, Spice World. We did Josie and the Pussycats. We've done this one. And every single role is so out there. He has a different accent in every single role. It's great. I love him. Well, he's really good at being like tongue in cheek funny, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like not everyone has that kind of presence, but he absolutely nails those type of roles. Yeah. And for the yeah, longest Rose... I knew him from Goldeneye. Like he's this oh my god. Well known for doing like off Broadway or West End theater play uh musicals. But yeah, I just knew him as the hacker from Goldeneye. <laughs> I am invincible. Yeah. I love him in roles where he like gets to look at the camera and like make 
like eye movement, his eye movements and eyebrows and like smile. Like nobody can do that like he can. Oh yeah, I absolutely loved him in Josie and the Pussycats. That's probably my favorite role of his, at least right now. I love it. Um, yeah, that that takes care of pretty much all the main people, uh, like Ralph, who you wouldn't. Oh yeah, Ralph. Except for he's the voice from of the Crypt Keeper. In Tales no kidding. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> and, yeah, that was a big part of they hired him for his cackle. Uh, yeah okay uh, thing that came on the dvd and they were talking about like his laugh it's the crypt keeper so that's like i love that for him that is uh i can see that now i was like where did they dig up this dude like (laughs) literally from tales of the crypt okay um yeah so great cast, amazing, amazing cast, which I think kind of made this movie. If you had other people in there, uh, like more serious people, I don't think it would have worked as well. Yeah, I would agree. And and it worked so well, in fact, that this show or this movie actually won an Emmy. Really? Yeah. What category? In Outstanding Music and Lyrics. And it was nominated for Outstanding Choreography and Outstanding Makeup for a Miniseries, Movie, or Special. Some of those dance sequences, like, okay, one thing, I think some of the songs kind of went on a little too long. And I could have, like, some of them could have been cut a little bit, in my opinion. But the choreography definitely was, like, out of this world. Like, that soda (laughs) song, that was insane. That was probably my favorite, like, coordinated number in the movie. Is it? Are there? Oh, yeah. No, right at the end, there's another, like, big song and dance. There's yeah. And the, there, yeah. There's, like, the orgy scene. Yeah. There's, yeah. That was going to be the first one I said, the orgy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, Listen to Jesus, Jimmy. That, oh, my, oh God, my God. Yeah. God. That, that was a hilarious scene. And I absolutely love the. The dude who played Jesus, he he nailed that. He was the original, um, uh, was it Jack on Broadway? So this was originally a stage show in L.A. And then it went from L.A. to uh, New York City. They did an off-Broadway one. So the, uh, the L.A. show opened in 98. The new off-Broadway one opened in 2001. Unfortunately, it opened on September 13th. Oh, we're going to go see a musical uh, around that time. Yeah. Why would they even open it that day? There were well with the musical theater. There's a lot of money invested in it, so it's kind of the show must go on, is what I'm assuming. Because you basically rent the theater for X amount of time and you need to make back that cost plus the cast cost plus all that. So I'm assuming they tried to at least break even. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Wow. It, it did not. Yeah, it was not long in, on Broadway, but it still runs. A lot of colleges do it as a play, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a college level play. I, I was going to see say. a lot of college people doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, yeah go for it so um speaking of nev campbell so at the time as we mentioned she was the probably the most recognizable actress um in this movie but um, her role was pretty small. And while production wanted to be able to give her a bigger part, it was decided it wouldn't be, I don't know, the best thing to do, uh, especially since the two biggest female leads are both romantically involved with Christian Campbell's character, and that's her brother. <laughs> so <laughs> their hands are kind of tied with that one. Yeah. But they did yeah. kind of, they did expand the role, I guess, in the stage play um the five and dime owner five and dime owner like 
I think they do the five and dime song, but there's obviously no dance scene. Um, they did that just to show off how good Nev Campbell is at dancing. Yeah, I didn't know she could dance. Like, that blew my mind. So they kind of just added that in to show off how good she is at dancing um, and expand her role so she's not in there for one song and still getting top billing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Every time, though, Kristen Bell sang, all I could hear was Frozen. (laughs) Mm. Is it just me, or did her voice seem a little bit higher than you're used to hearing yeah i think that was a play i think that was her doing that like 50s 40s 50s like high-pitched like girly i don't know can't really describe it but you know like when we talk about the 20s when we're watching those movies and they're like uh fast talking high-waisted pants guys (laughs) (laughs) that's the first thing i thought of too fast talking high waist guys (laughs) Uh, I think the female version of that is what she was doing. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Which with the whole... If you watch the original Reefer Madison musical, that's how they're talking. And there's a lot of like really weird phrases that are in the musical. Like you got more static than the radio and seeing the papers. Those are just lifted directly from the original movie. And they're so ridiculous. I thought they were made up. I thought it was like a parody of how they talk at them. No, those are just lines they lifted and threw into this one because of how weird they were. I love those lines. That was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie is because some of those are clever. Some of them are kind of corny. But I was like, man, they're really nailing the the vibe of the 30s here. <laughs> I was like, And yeah. then as soon as I put Reefer Madness on after finishing this movie, I was like, oh, OK, same lines. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Alan yeah Cumming, Cummings opening speech is the text crawl or a section of the text crawl from the original movie how the evils of marijuana <laughs> <laughs> which I find like so funny because wasn't had they taken the coke out of coca-cola yet like I'm when did I that think happen so. definitely <laughs> that was for sure taken out by then <laughs> there was just like so like they were giving narcotics away for free back then, though, basically. <laughs> like, but you, a little plant? Yeah. You can, I don't I, know. I, so, so glad we stopped over uh, giving out uh, narcotics to people. That would be yeah. horrible if that was still going on today. Can you imagine <laughs> how irresponsible that would be if that was real life? Yes, different different narcotics now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to a doctor and be like, hey, doc, I need some heroin to calm me down. <laughs> I mean, that will calm me down. <laughs> Actually, fun fact, Bayer, like Bayer Medicine Company, had their own line of prescription heroin before the 1900s. They yeah. could buy over-the-counter at drugstores because, you know, why not? Exactly. You will not feel that toothache, I guarantee you. Yeah. I would have liked to see this pharmacy back in the like early late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, it would be like quack, you know, snake oil stuff and then just high-powered opiates with <laughs> <Yeah>. nothing in between. Is <laughs> <laughs> your stomach upset? Well, I should do cocaine about it. <laughs> Um, so the, the high school name, you know how, when you, you see something and you know, it's significant, but you don't know the meaning behind it. Yeah. So the high school in the movie is named after Harry J. Anslinger, who was actually the first commissioner of the U S Bureau of Narcotics established in 1932, known as the father of the drug war. And to according to some things i read he was the person who essentially got um marijuana i almost said legalized illegalized (laughs) criminalized that's the word i'm looking for yeah well yeah that that plays a huge role not to get too far into it but basically um dupont 
the chemical company was about to release uh, nylon and hemp was gaining popularity as a textile and also as a fiber for paper, um, mm -hmm. which um, Randolph Hearst was the largest newspaper printer and owner of paper manufacturing and paper farms at the time. So they kind of uh, work together to put out this type of mass hysteria stuff and make sure that Anslinger got that position. Uh, he was related to, I want to say like Carnegie, who also was the, or was the banker for those two guys. It's really interesting. <laughs> you think it's all just made up stuff, but not like, no, like they, they, there was a big push to criminalize marijuana. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And interestingly enough, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's crazy because now nobody uses paper. Like, try to find some paper in your house right now. I'm literally reading off of handwritten notes I made during the movie. Well, well yeah. listen, no, we're old, I, okay? Children pad. don't use paper. I'm not trying to brag, but I am all digital right now. So. <laughs> um, I found out that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson grew marijuana plants for uh, textile using or whatever i again with the wrong words i don't know i don't know what word i'm going for because i obviously can't remember it but um yeah, yeah hemp hemp production yeah. that's what and lincoln grew it to smoke there's notes about him separating seeds that he found more potent <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could see him definitely doing it. Like he had a lot to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nations fighting itself. Well, maybe roll a fat one. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go to the south today. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, President John Adams also wrote about the mind-altering effects of uh, weed, which is he's not known for much. So he'll, he'll take what he can get. Um, my question to you guys from this movie, this takeaway, is the throwaway line that Alan Cumming has when he's playing FDR, and he talks <laughs> about he talks about how a little girl, a little orphan girl, once told him to the sun would come out tomorrow. So does this mean that this movie and Annie are in the same universe? Yes, I think it has <laughs> to mean that the musical multiverse. That was yeah. such a bizarre line that it really did make <laughs> me laugh. It made me really laugh about it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I could see Miss Hannigan needing to roll a fat one once in a while. <laughs> the fun part of the FDR just showing up at the end to save Jimmy. Yeah. The original stage play, just uh, spoilers. Uh, but yeah, the original stage play didn't foreshadow that FDR was coming to town in two weeks for the dance competition. <laughs> <laughs> so when Meg shows up with FDR in, at the end of the third act, it comes out of nowhere. And I almost would have liked also, that better. That scene was longer with first Jesus shows up like right before and you think he's going to save Jimmy and no, he's just there to like laugh at <laughs> then may comes in with fdr who pardons jimmy but then a mistake happens and the electric chair goes off and jimmy still dies so may then jumps out a window to kill herself and then lands on this character that's not in this that was just like a stage girl who would come out with like different signs and stuff so <laughs> all the main characters died at the end of this original stage production. <laughs> I definitely was taken aback when... Uh, the third act? Just the entire yeah. third act? Yeah. Just the whole thing. Like, people started dying. I was like, uh, okay. Let's go then. How bloody and gory is this going to get? <laughs> okay, so when that... I'm forgetting his name, but it's like the, the college kid in the movie Ralph. who's hopelessly addicted. When he became essentially like an unkillable weed zombie... Yeah. almost like i was i was 
scratching my head so far while laughing, just being like, what kind of movie is this turning into? Yeah, it, so it, it's like the slow build of getting you used to weirder and weirder stuff. You know, like at first you're like, okay, like it, it's kind of quirky, like Romeo and Juliet, like <laughs> that type, it, it lures you in. And then like, okay, they're stoned. So having clams laugh at you makes sense if you're hallucinating it. But then you get to the whole musical number that's an animated brownie having sex with Jimmy. Yeah. Wow. You're just like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what type of movie I started watching, but yeah. And then that third act where everyone starts killing each other and <laughs> eating each other and <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he got the yeah. munchies so hard he cannibalized someone. <laughs> oh my god. That yeah, was that, pretty funny. That animated one was crazy. What was your guys' favorite musical number? Ah, oh, that's really tough. <sighs> if I, I think them all in my head frequently. I'm gonna say the the five and dime store one. I really enjoyed. Uh, my, I'm gonna go with uh, the Kristen Bell turning into an SM SNM oh. master. Sorry, <laughs> no, I changed my answer. I, I want that one too. Mine, mine has to be listen to Jesus, Jimmy. I just love. Oh, I God. love the whole. I uh, like. Tony Bennett in Las Vegas, like stage show. I guess some of the women who were backup dancers were legitimate, like showgirls. Yeah. Um, Joan of Arc. <laughs> yeah, the Joan of Arc thing like made me laugh so hard. She looked really familiar too, but I couldn't. I didn't go and look to see who she was. So I, I'm gonna have to change my answer again and say <laughs> this song probably because yeah it's so good and I love the like you said like Vegas kind of showmanship of that number like Jesus uh, is working the crowd while he's singing yeah I love Which, that getting to the trivia stuff is yeah there were a couple showgirls in that one and then in the orgy song which is when he first smokes marijuana and um it's like this big Bollywood dance number. <laughs> There, um, there were a few professional dancers. There were like the wives and girlfriends of some of the cast members, and then the rest were just strippers that they hired from like local strip bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that whole orgy like song. Like as the song kept going, I was like, "All right." when is this going to stop? And then it just kept getting weirder and weirder. And I was like, mm. okay, now he's naked. <laughs> now he's naked with a little pot leaf on his crotch. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, even though we're throwing this up pretty casually, like, oh yeah, the orgy scene, like it's pretty tame as far as orgy scenes go. Yeah. And then you watch the original like show version of it. And it's like, oh, that's even worse. This goes on longer. <laughs> <laughs> They toned this movie down somehow. <laughs> yeah, that blows my mind. Like, I'm gonna have to watch the the stage version because this it's nuts how crazy some of this one gets. Speaking of the stage version, though, um, Kristen Bell, Christian Campbell, and John Cassier all reply all reprise their off Broadway roles at some point, I guess. Um, and Robert. Torty only reprises his role as Jesus, and all the other roles are played by one person, Stephen Weber. Which, if roles in this movie, I, my hat's off to you. Alan Cumming plays ten roles in this movie. Technically, I mean, technically, he's the narrator throughout, but the amount of different like <laughs> characters that then they're like, oh, that's the narrator in the background, or that's the narrator making out with that woman, and now they're like. <laughs> In a different costume, where the narrator is now on the base. Like, yeah, the one that I didn't recognize him until the end was the uh, the uh, when he was like a, a demon thing. Yeah, right? I was like, the song was going on. I was like, oh, I wonder who this guy is. 
that just came in as a, just a dancer. And it, at the end, I was like, oh, no shit, that was Alan Cumming. <laughs> that was cool. So, on that same note, imagine if Eddie Murphy was in this movie. How many characters would he play? <laughs> the whole cast was the Eddie Murphy cast. this entire time. The whole cast. Just Eddie um, Murphy and Adam Sandler. Why do you need any other actors? <laughs> there you go. Um, can we talk about the casual uh, violence, women violence, slapping, just backhanding oh, May? Yeah. <laughs> and then she hits him back, and then it cuts away, and he hits her, and she falls <laughs> through the table. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of really subtle like jokes in those dark times too like um when she slaps him you know his face whips back towards the camera but then he has this look of like all right you know like oh, yeah maybe, maybe i'm into that i guess <laughs> and then i like later when uh christian campbell has a gun she's like right behind <laughs> she's right behind him yeah like mouthing like shoot him yeah yeah she did amazing i really love her and i think her ability to improv uh came in really handy agreed this is um apparently one of the most complicated musicals filmed for television the movie contains 16 yes 16 16 musical sequences several complex large-scale dance numbers and cast members that are actually singing so a lot to coordinate there. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because, like I said, I felt like some of them just kind of went on too long, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, there were. I mean, yeah, the. I mean, we keep coming back to the orgy scene, the choreography in that, the one in the Jesus scene, the one at the five and dime. Like, yeah, the choreography in this movie was pretty intense with that many people. Um, doing coordinated routines. Yeah, it was never really like just three or four people, except for like when Kristen Bell and Jimmy, like I think they're one of their first songs. It was only them, but for most of the time, it, you're talking like full ensemble musical numbers. Maybe like 20, 30 people involved with several of those too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we just go back to the orgy scene? For no, I just want another excuse <laughs> to say orgy scene. Which, yeah, it, it, it's funny that like it's the name of the scene. It makes sense, but like, yeah, it, it's kind of tame. They're in their underwear dancing around on the stage. But there's a lot of butts in this movie. <laughs> Not a lot of boobs, but there's a lot of butts and there's a lot of man butt. Yeah, there <laughs> sure is. <laughs> that shower scene in the prison. Oh, yeah. That's some, that's some old man butt right there. Oof. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, wash your eyes out with some soap, old man butt. <laughs> so the number 420 ap appears at least four times, which I think is kind of low for a stoner comedy, but it's on the sign at the end of the movie with how many miles to the next town. <laughs> It's the time on the clock when May looks at it um, at one of the points. Or no, I think it's when they come back from getting Chinese food. Um, it's, it's on, on the, the uh, yeah the church in the yeah, in, in the, the church. church. Yeah, and that's the address of May's house. <laughs> I do appreciate that. I feel like that's a joke they could have easily overused, but. I don't know. It feels yeah. like uh, I just enjoyed it every time I saw it. I did like the 420 in the church because hmm. going to church as a child, they would put the numbers of the hymn you were going to sing like up there, and it just made me chuckle. It, I, it was just like, eh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I did see that one time in a real live church during a real live service, you know. Turned to hymnal page 420, and meanwhile, my brother and I are giggling like a couple of idiots. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you went through that, too. You understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you think this movie um, would... Not this one. Do we think the original 
how do we think it, it fared? Like, do you know, like, how most people received it? Did it stop people from smoking, or did it encourage people back in, like, the 40s? So, I wasn't able to find a lot of information that directly correlated to, like, how this movie was initially received, but from what is abundantly clear is it was made by people who have never smoked weed <laughs> um you know given all the murder and hallucinations <laughs> and all that jazz yeah um, i've never murdered anybody specifically the jazz but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's called jazz cabbage for a reason um but i I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably similar to things coming out today where a lot of people just generally don't care or maybe see it out of interest because I don't think in the larger like pop culture context, I don't think people really had a good understanding of what weed was or what it did. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I just remember around that time in like the early 40s i think robert mitchum got arrested for smoking weed at a party and he thought his career was over and when he got out of jail after not being in jail for that long i surprised no one cared yeah i think it's the same as it probably was the same as like some of the things today like you said that there can be a very vocal group of very specific people that kind of overtake all the comments and whatnot and then most people are just like whatever you know and the other thing was if you think back to like the 1930s compared to today the 1930s you didn't really you didn't have a tv in your home the way they they set it up in this movie is how you would have watched this movie someone would come to your school with these um film roles Put them on it and show them to the show them to an audience of parents. That's what the original one was for. And then, like I said, then the exploitation uh, film director decided to chop in some scenes of like women hiking up their pantyhose to actually get people to see it because of all the violence in it, and made the violence a little bit more over the top. And then started showing it in like those cheap movie theaters and all that as a like action thriller film of the day. And also it got it got a lot of stuff through the censors because it was originally pitched as like an informative movie as opposed to entertaining. So they got away right. with a lot more than movies at that time would. Right. Because it's showing you the dangers of it. You know, everyone who smokes marijuana and has sex and uh, or does something violent, they all die. So it's it's educational. <laughs> yeah it's a morality tale of don't do this or you'll be hopelessly addicted and die turns out that same director also directed a um another exploitation film called like sex madness or something and imagine the same thing but just sex instead of weed i want to see that (laughs) i was just about to go see if i have it because i have a thing of just a whole bunch of cult movies like that where i have the original reefer madness i have another movie called marijuana yeah yeah the uh, he also (laughs) did marijuana i think it was based off a story that was written for a magazine because that was the only other way like information like that would get into circulation yeah they used a lot of paper back then remember yeah (laughs) (laughs) if only if they invested in hemp they would have had a lot more Oh, what what a ride! What a yeah has been. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, do you have any other uh, fun facts about either movie? Um, nothing big. Just a few changes from like some changes uh, when they made it into the original movie. Um, there are a bunch of different characters. Uh, there was Jimmy Lane, who was Mary's brother. Um, he got hooked on drugs and also Bill Harper was another character who was Mary's boyfriend. And they just combined those into one character because 
it just streamlined everything and it made a lot more sense. Um, I love that her name was Mary Lane, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh. if that was intentional or not, but it made it so much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, Regan, how about you? L. Any? <laughs> Go ahead. I said uh, Lane with an L for yeah. love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I have one more fact about this. So um, a lot of people credit this as being like the OG bad movie, like people who appreciate bad movies. This was like the first like notably bad movie that I should say Reefer Madness, not the musical um, yeah. that developed a cult following. I guess it was rediscovered in the early 70s and gained new life as an unintentional satire among um, advocates of cannabis policy reform. And uh, yeah, it gained cult status within, you know, weed culture. And I find that hilarious. Yeah, I love it. And then I get sad because I can't believe we've been fighting weed uh, legalization for almost 50 years. Yep. Like, back. So, well. um, Matt, what is this your, like, favorite cult like classic movie of the ones you have or do you have a, a better one that you like a, a different one um, that you like i mean for all cult classics i have like if you want good cult classic it's rocky horror if you want bad cult classic it's the room <laughs> but because just 1930 movies are hard for me to get through i just zone out after maybe 30 minutes gotcha and that's because of the fast talking high-waisted pants dialogue <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because that's i love that i love yeah. that shit. Yeah. like no, like the soundtracks always just like one piano because it, a lot of times it was just like one person with a piano playing along in the movie and so yeah watching these really old black and white movies i just can't so um regan was this your favorite musical that we watched uh well i'm hard pressed to think of one i enjoyed more I guess. I um, mean, what was what was not into the woods, but what was the one before that that we did on the podcast? Uh, I don't oh, have the Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet Sorry, plus <laughs> Romeo plus and Juliet. Um, I did like that. I love that that whole song. I love the line. I can't wait to to see the ending, and I can't. <laughs> They're singing about how much they want to be like Romeo and Juliet, and they have not read the play. Yeah, I know. At the end, like obviously, spoilers. When she's dying, and she's like, <laughs> "Are we going to do that?" And he like looks over to them, and they're like shaking their yeah. heads. Like, yeah. He's like, "Oh." No, yeah, we're going to be fine. <laughs> and then they do the reprise of the song, and she says, uh, happy, young, and hemorrhaging blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, like um, bubbling with love, and then when they reprise it, it's hemorrhaging blood. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you always pick really great movies, Matt. Um, for us to watch, except Geely, but you know, <laughs> we'll get over it that one day. Experience. <laughs> well, I, yes, every movie you pick is an experience. There we go. It it really is, and I was actually going to say basically the same thing. Where this was another movie I was going into, like rolling my eyes, and then after 15 minutes, I was like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I like this. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I know. We'll get into it when we talk about like what we like and don't like and all that. All so. right, cool. That's right where I was going. Um, let's. Uh, well, why don't you start us off, Matt, since uh, you're our guest of honor? So, like I said, I'm not really big on like the weed culture or anything like that. Um, despite like a lot of my exes being huge into it, <laughs> but like I watched this movie not long after it came out when Netflix still sent you things in the mail. I was in college. I took a chemical dependency course. We watched the original Reefer Madness in it. And then I was looking online and saw there was a musical version. And so this would have been like 2006, 2007. So of course, put that on my Netflix queue and watched it in my dorm room and just fell in love with this movie. 
um just how it su- it just ramps up like it starts off crazy with that first song the reefer madness song that has the zombies in it and has all those like digs at like liberals which i was there i'm very so like the democrats are destroying our country digs yeah. all that first song i was like this is awesome and then get and then it just goes like it just keeps ramping up until you get to the third act and the breaks are just cut at that point and you're just flying straight off the cliff and you have no clue what's going to happen next so yeah so that was my favorite thing is that it just keeps ramping things up and the songs get stuck in your head like i guarantee you'll be doing dishes or watching something else like a week from now and it's going to pop into your head yeah, I totally, uh, I totally agree with that. Like, jo- yeah. Jokes on you! I have a horrible memory for lyrics. <laughs> and then, yeah, I did. Uh, I just got done being a substance use disorder counselor at a uh, drug treatment clinic for, and so the amount of times like these songs, especially like Reefer Madness, would be stuck in my head at work were ridiculous. How, if you recall, how many cases of uh, documented reefer madness did you come across? In oh, that it's job? a very real, tr- real problem. I had so many people with the reefer madness that got sent to my facility. So many people referred for having reefer madness. <laughs> the more you know, tell your children. Tell your children. And then, yeah, I'd use all their different like slang terms that are completely out of date for marijuana like electric lettuce i would just yeah. call it that let's bring that back actually <sighs> well what they, they what they call a joint they called it like a tea stick or a something tea like stick that. yeah take a toke a tea stick take a toke a tea stick god that's good alliteration that's gonna be stuck in your head too take a toke yeah tea. take a toke a tea stick yeah you got to do it with your fast talking high-waisted <laughs> pants though yeah <laughs> take a toke a tea stick there tuts but yeah obviously i love this movie it's two thumbs up for me. Uh, like, that's why I suggested it. It's just, it's one of those movies. Like, there's not a lot of movies I could watch like more than maybe once a year. But this one, like, I watched it uh, like a few months ago. I watched it again to prepare for this, and then I was just watching songs on YouTube. <laughs> for this to get back in the mood to watch it again. I'm like, I could watch it again. I'm like, no, what? <laughs> awesome um regan how about you go next all right um i i like the general vibe of this movie where you can tell a lot of it's very like tongue-in-cheek but also the the jokes and the way that they imitate the original are very like witty like well-written aspects of the movie um (laughs) I, I think Kristen Bell steals the movie for me. I really appreciated her in that. Um, I I mean, I would say is quality because, you know, it won an Emmy. It's, it's pretty decently rated, too. I would say the only, you know, there are just some scenes that are so ridiculous that kind of make you cringe a little. But um, I think for me, it just felt like it might have been maybe like 15 minutes too long. But yeah. other than that, I, I actually really liked it. I would give it a solid one thumb up and I, I would rewatch it, too. Nice. A um, musical that Regan will rewatch. I know. Yeah. Put a, Let's mark this day in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's watch funny. It one year on 420. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I um I also would say I'd rewatch Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> um, yeah i I had no idea what to expect. Um, and like we had to postpone because I had some stuff that happened last week. And last week I tried for like three hours and I could only get twenty minutes in, and I was like dying laughing the first 20 minutes i was like this is ridiculous and then i had to wait until today to finish it and it did not disappoint at all um man i think you said it great how it ramps up and then the the breaks are cut that is a perfect uh way to describe this movie um it just 
goes from like like young nice good kids to like crazy one puff you're gonna kill and have sex with everybody <laughs> like it is not like people dying it's just crazy um and i think anna gasteyer stole the show for me like i loved i loved her character i loved how every time that she was with them she's like jimmy get out of here you know you're too young for this stuff <laughs> <laughs> and she's like tried to save him the whole movie and so for that to come around I really like that um, I agree with you Regan that it does feel a little long and I think yeah. for me it's the musical numbers and if they were to cut some of the musical numbers down a little bit I think it would have been it would have been a really solid uh, time for me um, yeah I completely blown away completely surprised had a blast watching it um i'm definitely going to give it two thumbs up and i i'm going to make uh d watch it with me when we get a chance because she loves Kristen bell and it's just so ridiculous that i can't wait for her commentary so awesome pick matt really appreciate it uh coming up with that and it was great you know that we were able to all three of us were able to t- get on and talk about this this week oh yeah yeah, I completely agree. The three of us talking about this, because there were a couple times where our schedules were not 100% aligned, and I'm just glad that we found the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Also, when you do inevitably rewatch this, are you going to have a little bit of that wacky tobacco beforehand? Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> my new job's a lot more lenient than my old job. <laughs> um, yes, because I've recently discovered... Uh, vapes and they are game changers so <laughs> oh yeah that <laughs> I experienced that last summer when my friend just very casually was like oh yeah I got this in Buffalo and then like I, w- I went from being normal to on the moon in the matter of like th- not that long yep um, it's definitely coming around for me and uh, I think next time I'm, I'm- definitely gonna have to because i gotta see that and just i gotta chuckle and i would just quick side note on the guy ralph um have either of you seen Eraserhead? yes well bits and pieces yeah he, I, I he looks like you get where i'm going with that he, that yeah. he looks just like him yeah that's all i kept thinking <laughs> so um yeah on that note uh regan what are we watching next all right, so next we are watching. Wait, is it Solar Babies? Do we finally get to watch Solar Babies? We sure do. Yes. That that is the final <laughs> old movie that's on the list. Once we get through that, then we're back to business as usual. I am so excited for Solar Babies. <laughs> and I am not, and because I'm not excited, I think I might love it. Yeah, I this could be a bomb and we could both hate it or we could both love it. Who knows? I just I think the name is hilarious and I really can't wait to watch Solar Babies. That's what's great about the show. It's like movie Russian roulette. And especially when I decide to just randomly stack the. uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, It's going to be it's so much fun. So um, I think with that. That uh, pretty much sums it up for the day. So uh, with that, Matt, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. It's always fun to have you on. And the movies you pick, again, are an experience every single time. Um, So, yeah, we really appreciate it. It goes without saying that we are going to have to do this again. So we'll uh, we should come up with a game plan ahead of time, and then yeah, I've got some ideas. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, with that, Regan, you can uh, take us out for the day. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Next week, we're going to discuss Solar Babies, uh, picked for us by someone, Chenti. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I think it was him. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord, and Letterbox at You Pick We Watch. Uh, new selections 
to or new additions to our wheel can be sent to you pick we watch at gmail.com or any of the aforementioned social media i'm regan you can find me on facebook and instagram at author regan brooks and i'm jess you can find me on twitter twitch and in the discord i know i have not been as active as lately because of said life things that's uh we'll get we're getting a little better it's summertime things are calming down a little bit um june may be a little rough because my kids are graduating so we have a lot of stuff going on then but we'll be sure to let you know if any changes happen um matt where can you hang out in the discord so people can find you there uh doing random movie reviews or comments on movies i'm currently watching nice uh yeah we have a we have a lot of fun in there so come hang out um thank you everybody who has listened who has told people to listen uh we have a blast doing this can't wait to see uh where it goes our two years is coming up uh i think next week actually really so yeah um we'll have to do a a little thing at the beginning next week um it's either next week or the week after and I can't believe it's been two years. Yeah, wow. it seems surreal. Yeah. Um, so with that, thank you, everybody. And we'll catch you next week. And be careful with that reefer madness. Yeah, lay off that <laughs> devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs>